Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, November 4th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Juno Builder Space, hosted by TFM and Chain Tools, chatting with special guest Skip Protocol. Let's take a listen. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for hopping in, Mr. Terra Spaces. Hi, Max. Highlander. All right, sir. I'll just get you up. Now, I'm not sure if the Skip guys are going to be here for half an hour or if they'll stay for a full hour but um i'm going to work on the assumption that it might just be half an hour so i think we need to get in there get the juice get in there and get it going let me just ping mag if you pinged them they might just pop on let me just send this link to him how is everybody awesome hope everyone's well i'm glad to see finn's still got a barn on Baron. Yeah. <laughs> Did did you get yourself? Have you got any NFTs? We've never really spoken about that. Um, I mean, it's like NFTs. I'm I'm still not, you know, a massive fan of them yet. The way you are, the way you collect your beautiful artwork is like, uh, you know, I just don't see myself hanging some on a wall anytime soon. Uh, but I'm bullish on music NFTs. I think the use case is there. Um. But yeah, some of the artwork's great. I love it, but it's just, I, I don't know. Is, is Juicy Jeremy part of the Skip team? I'll bring you up, sir. I think. I mean, I think NFTs. It's just like him um, collecting football stickers when we were wee. Aye, I remember that. Do you remember that old game? Um, being Scottish, remember the Pugs game. Remember them? Are you about old? Game? That? It's called Pugs. We used to have these little things we played in school. And it was like collections as well. They were massive. Like we all used to play them. And of course. What year were you born in? Eighty six. I'm seventy five. Eighty six. Oh man, you're, you're wow. You're a kid. Yeah, just a wee baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. You've got someone on the skip account as well. So yeah, do you see who's that? Do you see Jeremy? Are you part of the skip team? Yes, sir. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hello. 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 Welcome to the Hello. space. Glad you could join. Um, I've just. Answer that request there from the main skip account. Hey, yeah, that's Jeremy. He's our head of content. Hey, Jeremy. <laughs> How's it going? That sounds, is that Barry on the skip account? This is Magnus, actually. Hi, oh, Magnus. sorry, Mag. Hey, how's it going, guys? Very well. Very well, oh, sir. Yeah, yeah, we're good. It's Friday. Um, it's uh, happy days, yeah. Happy days, indeed. Now, just to check in with you guys, are you going to be here for half an hour or are you going to stay for a bit longer? I wasn't sure from the email that you sent. Oh, uh, we can stay for, how about, do you want to, maybe we'll do half an hour and then if there's more to cover, we can stay longer. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So let's, yeah, respect everyone's time and consider that we're going to end the space in about half an hour. So if anyone's got questions for Skip, you can raise hands and come on up. Um, 
But I mean, this is quite an auspicious day as far as we're concerned when we're thinking about Skip. And Juno, are you, are you okay if we just dive straight in? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. So, well, I've, I've shared a tweet to this space, which was essentially you guys saying that Skip is now live on Juno Mainnet. So, congratulations on that launch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I'm correct in thinking that Juno is the first chain that you actually launched on Mainnet. Yes, that's right. So, we, uh, we, we first engaged with Juno just a long time ago before we even raised, uh, maybe five months ago, uh, when we first met Kevin um, or Oni, Oni Validator. And they were just super excited by the idea and they supported us with a very generous grant that has allowed us to make Skip free for everyone. Um, we don't take any fees anywhere. Uh, we, we pass it all back to the validator and let them split it with all stakers as they wish. Um, and it's it's we've sort of seen Juno take this place in the community as like the incubation uh, for for the entire community, right? So they they oftentimes take charge with the the first deployment of a project, and then that project grows out and expands beyond. Um, and so we're hoping to support a couple new chains very quickly: uh, Evmos, Terra, too, um, and then and then some others as well. And then for Osmosis, we have a, a totally different solution as 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 was passed through governance. Awesome. Well, um, Highlander, you're welcome to jump in at any stage, but I'm just thinking, yeah. like, you, you mentioned this just now, Magnus. Uh, just looking at the numbers, it looks like Skip has received 81,500 Luna, not Luna, sorry, 81,500 Juno or so from the Terra Developer Fund. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. was, was that enough to cover your development costs on Juno? Uh, so, yes, it was. And that was... For full disclosure, that was two out of three trotches. So I think in total it will be, I mean, depending on the price of, of Juno at the time, we seem to keep getting it when it when it's at a, at a low. Um, we'll probably have a total of, I think, 120,000 Juno, um, which was more than enough to cover the price of development specifically for Juno, and then to have this be free for many years to come. Um, I think the Juno community was aligned about in order to have a healthy MEV marketplace, you want to build free infrastructure. Um, we don't want to be seen as like rent extractors in any way. And so I think, you know, sort of we, we want to build that long-term alignment with Juno um, and leave that the team will be supportive in the long run. That's fantastic. Um, Skip's creating a lot of momentum at the moment. We're seeing it around the ecosystem. Uh, I'm a validator. I've implemented it. For the listeners, on the call at the moment, Magnus, would you mind just explaining to them what MEV is? Yeah, absolutely. So I really think it really needs a, a rebranding, but but MEV traditionally uh, stands for maximal extractable value. So it's this concept of in blockchain, you can reorder transactions in a block to extract some additional value that usually can be extracted by the miner, um, which is why it used to stand for minor extractable value, because they have full control over how the block gets built. Um, this has led to a lot of bad things, in our opinion. Um, in, in Ethereum, you sort of you have this ecosystem of like sandwiching and like extraction, and, and all of this money eventually comes out of the user's pocket. Um, and the systems that we've seen developed so far have always been on the side of just the validator and the person doing the extraction, or what they commonly call searchers. So when Barry and I came into this space, uh, we we wanted to build something different for Cosmos. And we had this theory, 
And the theory was that validators wouldn't want to extract all the value they could from their users, and they instead would want what was right for the ecosystem. Because in Cosmos, you have something that is kind of an anomaly in the crypto ecosystem where validators are beholden to chain founders who are beholden to users who keep the validators accountable. And you have this cycle of like accountability between all three parties that is held up by reputation and held up by sort of like care and respect for the other party that ultimately just results in better user experiences. And so we have this theory like, okay, validators aren't going to want to screw Cosmos just to extract more MEV. And so that's why we built Skip to be fully configurable. You can decide sort of how much you want to share with your stakers. Right now, most validators seem to want to share 69% or keep 69%. That seems to be the number that they've settled on. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh because there was a chat in, in the Skip Telegram group about that, but I'll let you go on. Sorry. Yeah, it, no, I mean, but that's, it's, it's cool. Like some, some validators are sharing 80% with their stakers and are advertising that. Some validators are just signing up and keeping 100%. I think we wanted to see sort of what validators did, right? Because validators are one of the most special communities in Cosmos and probably going to be the main reason why Cosmos uh, wins in the long run because they're, they're the ones who are like running the network, voting on the decisions for the network. And also many of them are become the builder teams uh, that also build protocols. Uh, and uh, I think like, you know, if these things get out of hand, we have a good, we have a good defense mechanism, which is uh, we can go through governance to like set minimum bounds to make sure the user gets repaid. Um, but, you know, one thing that we have not been flexible on yet, but we want to go through governance if there's desire to, is we don't enable front running or sandwiching. Um, so no skip bundles can have that. Those are rejected by us. In the future, like if the ecosystem wants to enable that, we can vote on it. But for now, we'll keep that off. So um, can you go in a little bit more detail on what as a front run, for example? Give us, give us a, an example of that. Yeah. Jeremy, you want to take this one? Yeah, I can take this one. Um, I think you can think of different types of MEV extraction in, two, in largely two categories. One of those categories is using what the current chain state is, finding an opportunity like an arbitrage. So what that looks like is somebody makes a swap and now a pool on JunaSwap and a pool on LoopDex are imbalanced such that if you, you know, route a trade through both of those pools, you can put in 10 Juno and you can take out 11 Juno. And so this is what we call these backrun MME opportunities. And largely we view this as healthy for the ecosystem to kind of reweight the pools. What we consider front running in sandwich uh, attack or sandwich trading is that I, instead of me using pool state after a swap happens, I see a transaction in the mempool and I see that it has potentially is doing a swap that has a slippage bound of like 5%. So instead of waiting for that transaction to occur, I will try to get my transaction right before it such that I, for example, buy the same asset they're trying to buy to max out their slippage tolerance giving them a worse price execution. And then I can immediately back run that transaction as well, which is what we call a sandwich, and sell that same asset, um, gaining me a profit at the expense of the user. And so, um, and the definitive difference here is that I'm no longer using blockchain state to make my MEV extraction uh, strategy. I am actively using their slippage balance and like the information in their transaction to give them a worse execution to make me profits. And so for Skip, right now we've, delineated that we don't want those types of front running or sandwich trading type of strategies to happen 
until governance decides and makes a decision on that. But the kind of good MEV, where it's just based on blockchain state, we allow. That's excellent. And yeah, so it's a matter of you guys are basically getting in the rewards and then it gives the validators an opportunity to then split them to the delegators. And that's what the percentage is all about. That's exactly right. Fantastic. So, so anyone, obviously, is not running Skip or hasn't seen it before, there is a there is an option for the validators to go on and, and register their sort of validator to, to run the application. And there's a percentage we then decide what goes back to the delegators. And at the moment, we have settled on 69, which is a funky little number. Mm-hmm. Um, so going forward, the governance side of things, do you think most validators will just settle on 69 or do you think there'll be sort of different numbers being thrown around going forward? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And it's going to be a great experiment um, for sort of how governance thinks about these things. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's a balance here, right? Everyone knows that validators uh, can use, especially small validators can use the extra income to run their infrastructure and that, you know, a lot of them are struggling. Uh, and I think also, you know, all, everyone also knows that users have been affected by the reduced sort of happening and would love to see extra rewards as well. Um, I think we were, we're looking to find a way to, to use governance as sort of like an open debate platform to figure out, okay, like we all know that whatever split we choose, whatever's best for the ecosystem is going to be best for all of us because all we care about at the end of the day is Juno, right? And Juno's success in the long run. Um, so when we were talking to Jake, Jake was very interested in sort of like setting like very close bounds together, meaning that's Jake Hartnell I, I'm referring to, um, like setting bounds that are sort of like 40 to 60 and you can operate within those bounds. Um, I think other people have expressed that they want more opportunity for validators. So for example, if you made it, you know, 25, 75 in terms of limits, um, in general, we want to make it so that validators feel incentivized and that they can they can if they really want to capture mev they can capture enough where they feel comfortable but then also we want to make it feel that users are are receiving back some of these rewards in a substantial way that makes judo competitive in the long run i think the risk is if you don't give validators enough um they will look for other solutions right um or they'll look to sort of like more extractive extractive solutions in the long run and so we want to make that not or we, we want to find ways for them to not look for that, right? And be happy sort of with the solution they have with Skip. And the easiest way we can do that is by not taking any of the money. But the harder way we can do that is by going through governance to make sure they feel like they have, they're protected by good minimum balance. And a really interesting conversation on top of that was uh, validators discussing this thing called the Nakamoto coefficient, which essentially is a metric trying to determine the decentralization of a network. Um, and there were discussions around if there are ways that we can uh, kind of enforce a distribution back to the validator, back to stakers, or back to their respective delegators that improves the Nakamoto coefficient or the decentralization of the network that it incentivizes uh, more people to delegate to smaller validators to uh, ideally kind of uh, increase decentralization. And so those types of discussions, I think, are really interesting in you know, Skip allows these to actually become real and potentially both improve not only revenue, but also decentralization of a network. Cool. I, I mean, I find this quite interesting. I'm, I just want to maybe 
take it back to thinking about users on Juno, if that's all right. Um, Jeremy was talking about sort of sandwiching and sort of bad MEV there. I'm, I'm just thinking like, say, say I came along and I've got 100K and I want to buy some Juno. I, I don't have a spare 100K, but just, just for <laughs> argument's sake, like the, the price impact on that, I think, is around about 7% or so. Um, so like I, I'm going to be losing out by making this trade. So once I've made, I, maybe I'm understanding it wrong, but say, say I make this trade, Skip can, or someone can come in using Skip and just clean that up and, and sort of get that, do, do that little ARB on that pool. And then that money's somehow going to go out to validators and delegators. But yes. then, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm there. I'm thinking I've made this trade. I've, I've lost out. I'm a Juno user. I mean, I might get a fraction of that back through the sort of MEV. But I'm like thinking, well, is, is that not my money? Um, I don't know. Just what, what, is, am, I, am, I, am I understanding it right? Well, there's a, there's a couple of ways to think about that. So um, what we allow for right now is that we are allowed to back run your transaction such that if your swap, your single swap left that money on the table, given the types of pool states, um, we would allow any searcher who wants to try to gain that opportunity to compete in our auction. Um, juxtaposing that to what's happening today, that exists today just in the mempool instead, um, if you make that swap. But there are the solutions and ways around this from the trader perspective, which TFM does, right? Like TFM creates DEX aggregators and routers to allow traders to get better price execution across different pools. And so when we're talking about what, and this kind of group of things is, you know, kind of largely called DEX aggregation or optimal routing at the interface level or at the trade level, these are the types of solutions and products that can really help the trader to get their best price execution. And what really the skip auction allows is that all the you know, value that leaks above and beyond, you know, in, you know, innovations and in better price execution on the DEX aggregator or optimal routing layer, we can then also extract and distribute it across the network. But I think what you want to look there for from a trader's perspective are those better swap interfaces to, to use to get better price execution across the pools. Yeah, this is even bigger on osmosis, right? Um, if you ever take a look at satellite.skip.money, you'll see that there's been uh, you know roughly seven million dollars at current Osmo prices. I mean, it would, it would have been seventy sort of at larger Osmo prices. Um, that was that was taken by searchers, right? Uh, not shared with validators, not shared with um, individual stakers by doing this, right? So there would be a big trade. It would imbalance some of the pools. Someone would go in and arbitrage it and then take the profit from that. This is like, it didn't affect the price of the original trader, right? So if you do a trade, no one messes with it. No one inserts something above it to change the price that you got it at. If, if you cause an arbitrage and then someone else sort of arbed it for you, that's, that didn't affect your price, right? Sort of like your outcome, um, your outcome wasn't affected, right? Like you, no, no one screwed with your prices. Um, but if someone did take advantage of the, the price differences that you created after your transaction and then use that to capture, there is a question. It's like, how much of that should I get back, right? And so that's why on Osmosis, where this is such a big thing, 
And um, it's very like, it's very doable and it's very, and it's very easy to build solutions for this. We're building that into the protocol, right? So after every transaction, automatically the processing of that transaction um, at the sort of binary level, so built into the chain, it will arbitrage it for you. Um, and then that money will go back to the community pool and then be split sort of according to how governance wishes it to be split between validators, stakers, the original user and LPs. Um, because the way that we see is like those imbalances, yes, were caused by you or by, by the trader, but also, you know, are also like potentially there, there's like an argument for that to be split between a lot of different parties that help make that happen um, or sort of like went into capturing that. Awesome. Thank actually, you for that. Very that's actually, detailed that's response. Actually, that's actually a great point as well for Juno, because it's not out of bounds for Juno to also do this as well, given governance wants that. Um, to where when I back run a specific mempool transaction, a certain percentage is forced to go back to the user who originated that transaction. Um, what Skip really enables is that like in a world where it's just searchers in the mempool and that are just you know trying to extract value for themselves, these types of discussions are completely out of bounds. But when it comes to you know implementing a system like Skip that will be going through governance to decide all these parameters, we actually can even have this discussion for, for Juno as well which I think is uh, the really exciting thing about kind of this open, you know, democratic version of, you know, our vision of MVV. Awesome. Thank you for such a detailed, <laughs> detailed response. Um, I've not actually spoken to Jeremy before. I don't know if you have Highlander, but um, I, Jeremy, are you okay to give like just a brief introduction of your role at Skip? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, so my name is Jeremy. I was the uh, first hire at Skip. And I'm kind of just a jack of all trades right now, you know, being uh, uh, an early stage startup. So I worked on satellite. So our kind of data dashboard around Osmosis. I am also working on building out the Cosmos SDK module for the Osmosis, the thing that Mag referenced around um, in protocol arbitrage capture. And then uh, I'm also working on some example arbitrage bots that we can open source for community members to take a look at. Um, to where ideally next week we open sourced a couple background arbitrage bots to start allowing people to learn how to extract MAV on Juno, um, how to use Skip, and uh, kind of democratize access to this to this knowledge that a lot of the searchers themselves, you know, keep keep close because they don't want more competition uh, necessarily. Um, and then I'm, I'm also working on some kind of data analysis around the Juno network uh, to understand what's going on at MAV uh, today. Cool. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was awesome. Um, and, and just sort of touching on what you were saying there about um, access to Skip. I mean, I looked through, There's a, I've pinned a tweet, the tweet you guys sent out yesterday about going live on Juno. And within that tweet thread, there is a link to a Notion page saying, hey, get started with Skip. So I thought, all right, brilliant, I'll, I'll get started. And I started reading it and thought, I'm not the target market here. Like, it looks... To me, like you got to have quite a bit of technical, or certainly more technical knowledge than I've got to to get going as it stands. Is, is that fair to say? You mean on the the submission side, right? Not the validator side. Yeah, there was, I think there was a Notion page. I'm just going to try and get the link up again, but yeah, yeah so, so not for not for validators. My understanding, or m maybe this, maybe I just totally didn't get it. But I thought it was for like to get started with using. Oh, yeah. You were, you were probably reading the, yeah, on the, the searcher documentation. So yes. the, the, the current state of play today is that searchers are 
tend to be highly technical people um, uh, running these arbitrage strategies. For example, um, you know, today there are three main searchers on Juno um, doing, you know, capturing all the MEV. And a majority of those captures are, is not just a single, you know, a user sending multiple swap messages. These are users who have deployed their own cause of Muslim contract on the chain. And when they see a transaction in the mempool, they are activating their their cause and of contract on the chain to execute these parts. And so um, the current searchers are, are fairly technically sophisticated. And I think the searcher documentation is tailored towards uh, you know developers um, who who can submit bundles or who you know understand JavaScript or Python. Um, hopefully next week this uh, becomes a lot easier to understand. So next week we were, we're going to be releasing like an, a complete end to end. Um, bot on how you can go from, you know, I want to search to I have an example implementation of something that actively searches and can extract MEV. And then kind of all the resources we support around that and all walkthrough videos, people asking questions in our Discord, etc. We hope to be kind of the on-ramp that allows people to, to, you know, be competent searchers on Juno. But uh, the fortunate part or unfortunate part is the state of play on Juno is, you know, uh, very developer uh, uh, focused or concentrated, right? Um, it's not as easy as the uh, like the TFM uh, R bots yet, where you can just like link it to your Discord and it, it does it does wonderful things for you. Not yet. Hey, um, I've got a quick question on the functionality. Uh, can you just maybe tell us a little bit more about what the auction is? What the what is the job of the auction? Yeah, sure. So. The auction is, uh, so, so basically what, what traders are, are competing for is top of block execution, right? Um, these traders normally, how they compete is on speed. Because we have first come first serve mempools and Cosmos, the faster you get your transaction into the, to the validator, basically that is going to be the proposer, um, then you'll win, right? And it's a winner takes all. So the top person wins and everyone after that would fail because they probably all are going after the same opportunity. Um, and then the top person would make all the profit and then the others would get nothing. And then, you know, basically neither would the validators, or the users. So the idea here is, okay, well, if there's competition for the top of block, um, let's make an auction, right? If you want to, if you have an opportunity that you think you can make, let's say a thousand dollars out of it and someone else has an opportunity, they can make, think they can make a thousand dollars out of it. Then you guys should figure it out and bid the highest that you're willing to bid, right? So maybe someone bids 200, someone bids 400, someone bids 600. And because it's riskless arbitrage, you'd be you'd be willing probably to pay up to nine hundred ninety nine, right? If it was a thousand dollars of arbitrage, um, and this is what we've seen play out on Ethereum, right? Where searchers will pay at least for like the easy cyclical arbitrage, um, you know, up to ninety five percent of the value of that arbitrage back to the validator. Um, and so with Skip, you know, we basically allow for the the same kind of competition to take place. Uh, we've already sort of been introduced to a lot of different searcher teams that are interested. Um, there's not that much MEV on Juno. We don't expect sort of validators to make, you know, an enormous sum of money from this, but it isn't unsubstantial. I think, Jeremy, what were the stats like roughly per month in terms of how much validators are making? Um, at the current level, we're looking at in the realms of tens of thousands, depending on the Juno price and kind of the, the average price across those. But um, within those, it's largely three main searchers who are not paying any transaction fees back to the network to do so. Um, and so we at least can capture that. 
Um, and we've only done the analysis for the past couple months, but we're we're working on doing an analysis for the entire chain such that we can understand kind of all the value that was extracted throughout Juno's lifetime, you know, given the, the you know, the different types of bull markets that we've that we've experienced. So, so yeah. Oh sorry, on you go, Magnus. Sorry. No, no, no. I was gonna say so it's it's gonna at least be that. Um and then hopefully as we as we build out the ecosystem, more people will come. It'll become even more competitive. Yeah, so that sort of piggybacks on to my next sort of question. Would you obviously it, it's a case of more DEXs and more DeFi kind of opportunities on Juno would be beneficial for the, the whole project then? Yes, absolutely. The more DeFi that comes to Juno, which we feel confident in, um, the more the more sort of MEV uh, will, will sort of emerge. Cool. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much. Um, we're getting close to half an hour, so if you guys need to get off, just let us know, and then we can um, <laughs> close close this thing down. But um, while you're still here, um, you talked about the satellite.skip.money dashboard, and is that is it Jeremy who's kind of developing this? Yes. Yes. That's all cool. Jeremy. Um, awesome. It, I mean, it looks pretty useful for getting some osmosis information, but I'm just wondering, is there going to be a, a Juno version, maybe something similar or of a kind of list of like validators you're working with? I, th- I think I read something about this at some stage. Yeah. Yes. That actually uh, should be live. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, I was just going to say two points to that. One, yes, we will be working on a satellite version for Juno. Uh, we're also working on kind of a state of MEV on Juno report that helps both validators understand what's going on, uh, as well as helping searchers understand the current strategies. And then um, on the other side for the validators, which validators are running it, how much they're making, we're launching uh, a dashboard called Skip Select that is separate from satellite, but will show kind of all the validator-specific information. I noticed... Um... A little announcement. I see Todd in the chat. Um, shout out to Todd, by the way. Um, what 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 was his role in the partnership? Have you got him on board at Skip now? So yeah, Skip would not be here right now without Todd. Um, yeah, Todd brilliant. is probably one of the most experienced, talented, uh, not just validators, but also you know operations, security, DevOps, infrastructure, even web. You name it. Um, and has been essential for helping us get over the line for this first deployment. Um, the full front-end flow that you see on Skip today, which validators have generally really loved and found easy to use, was heavily inspired by Todd. Todd has made the, the intro videos to sort of like how to get it set up with Skip. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, Todd's not a not a full-time member of the team, um, but you know, he's been basically acting like one, and in terms of helping us out and, and providing feedback and guidance. And, uh, you know, Skip is a, a very young team. Um, I think we have some members of the team who are 19 and 20, uh, but very experienced otherwise. Uh, and it's been, it's been really nice to have him um, sort of like spread sort of his 40 plus years of experience and, and share that with the team, um, especially as we want to build this to be bulletproof. Um, because, you know, we are deploying on, with validators whose livelihood depends on the uptime of our software. Uh, if they're running Mev Tenderman, and so therefore we take we take that responsibility very seriously. That's uh, that's lovely words, man. Excellent. Yeah, um, I'm familiar with Todd's work. He's awesome, man. He, he builds some 
lovely stuff and yeah he should he should be showing more love around the ecosystem in my opinion um but yeah it's just another example of i suppose projects building on you know it you know there is a great dev community around the place there's promising signs you know it's it's a it's good times yeah absolutely i i'm not familiar with todd particularly but if he looks anything like his pfp he is a very handsome gentleman so (laughs) (laughs) pleasure to meet you todd (laughs) um just yeah just while we've got you guys what can you tell us like how many validators on juno are are involved at the moment sure yeah so we have 24 validators running it right now um We'll be publishing sort of like the list later today on, on the site in terms of the dashboard and then also their, their splits that they've chosen. Uh, and we are likely, I think, to expand up to 50 um, over the next couple of days. A lot of the larger validators, of course, which makes sense, want to have a longer run on testnet before they sort of make the switch over to mainnet. And the, the testnet sets a lot larger at about uh, 50 to 60. Um, so... You know, basically, I think we, we are really looking to get to 50, 60 percent coverage as people come to trust us and they understand that we're not taking fees from them and that we're enabling something good for the ecosystem. Um, and then, you know, after we sort of get to over like 50, 60 percent coverage, that's going to be, I think, a meaningful shelling point for more traders to join the space, to come to Juno, to use Skip and to make the auction more competitive. Um, yeah. And I mean, is there any criteria then for validators to join or are you happy to to collaborate with with anyone oh with anyone of course yeah uh you it's it's fully automated process so we've seen validators never talk to us go straight to the site sign up use their operated key to just sign a quick challenge and then connect to the skip sentinel it takes about five minutes if you do it the right way it should cause maybe five ten seconds of downtime um and yeah, you don't you don't even need to talk to us, but we'd love you we'd love if you did and just said hi and sort of how you found the setup process and ask us any questions you have. Um, we have a great validator community on Telegram that sort of is, is adopting um, on Juno that I think has been very collaborative. Fantastic. Well, I mean, I think this has been a great short Twitter space, guys. If there's anyone in the audience, Todd or Max or anyone else here that's got a question for Skip then you can jump up and ask Mag or Jeremy. They're both here. Otherwise, I suppose we can, yeah, close it down. Excellent stuff. Yeah, um, if there's anything you've got in the pipeline coming up or anything, Magnus or, or Jeremy, then yes, please share. But we'll be sure to um, report on our experience with Skip so far. It's been stellar. But yeah, the work Todd's doing as well is good to know that he's involved. Fantastic. Yeah. Keep it up, man. Thank you. Um, just quickly on terms of next steps for us. I mean, we have a we have a pretty daunting roadmap ahead. Um, meaning we we have a lot that we want to do. Um, so of course Juno was the very beginning, but this is this is just the start for us. Um, maybe the the one percent of sort of where we want to get to. Uh, next week we're likely to be deploying to other chains, um, most Terra two. Uh, and then, you know, further beyond, we have a partnership with Say that's going to be a big challenge because their block times are 400 milliseconds, but something that I think we can overcome. Um, and after sort of we, we get through that, we want to start to build what we've always viewed as the, the main vision of Skip, which is cross-chain atomicity or cross-chain synchronicity, meaning a, a user or, or anyone, a searcher, a trader, whatever you'd like, 
can execute transactions with atomicity guarantees across multiple different chains at once. So you submit to us a bundle, one transaction for Juno, one transaction for Terra, one transaction for Evos, and one transaction for, let's say, Say, and they all get executed simultaneously with a guaranteed like uh, atomicity. So, so meaning they all go through or none of them go through. Um, this is going to be a big like coordination challenge, but I think it's going to be sort of the, the pinnacle of what Skip can offer the community in terms of cross-chain composability. That's wonderful, oh, wonderful stuff. Um, yeah, I was just going to announce you, Finn, if you've got a question, mate, uh, the floor is yours, pal. Thank you. Yeah, good uh, good space, you guys. Appreciate you having me up. Um, I was curious, and I, I apologize if this was already uh, discussed earlier, but uh, as far as the validators go, have you guys been noticing anything about like the whole Hetzner banning different ecosystems and stuff? And is that a system that you guys use? Or is that like something where we're completely off of over here on Juno? And then I was just curious, like how much of that like validator business that that is kind of messing with that you guys have to, if you were using them, uh, find another spot to divert to. Yeah, um, that's a great question. That's a good um, question. Yeah. Do you want to take it, Magnus? Yeah. Sure. I was I was going to say Todd is probably the literally the best person in the ecosystem to answer this question, um, given he's sort of done the the research in terms of how much how Hetzner dependent uh, all the different chains are. Uh, the answer, I think, on Juno, if I'm not mistaken, was something in the 20s or the mid 20s. Yeah, um, we, we we do not use Hetzner. Uh, we use AWS. Um, uh, but you know, I think validators are very aware of the problem and will will switch off of it as soon as they can. Um, I just saw Notional switched off of it. I've seen I've seen a lot of other validators switch off of it too. Um, you know, generally, if you're if you're a validator, you're probably also or or partnered with someone who knows a lot about infrastructure and it's probably not too tough to to reset up. I think it's just a question of cost because as far as I understand, Hetzner was quite cheap. Right. And then it seems like everybody else does either rely on their own hardware or using AWS service, which is great when it works until, you know, it doesn't. And then half of the internet and three quarters of the blockchains are down. Um, but yeah, I was just curious. I actually heard Todd on a, another space that I was recording and I found that stuff really interesting. Absolutely. And, and, you know, strange love has gave, gave like Cosmos powerful tools to like remote sign. So if I, effectively, if you, if you did have a validator on Hetzner and for instance, Hetzner did pull the plug on it, then the remote signer switches to another provider that you might be on that isn't involved with Hetzner. So there's technology out there that's given us, you know, Given as a head start of, of situations like this, but yeah, I mean, us at Chain Tools, we've we've now switched from majority of our validators off of Hetzner and moved on to different providers. Yeah, I saw that post uh, that Jacob posted. It's like you have you have Hetzner and AWS, and then you have like your little homemade box in the closet that sometimes you have to dig back out to, to help <laughs> yeah. You, uh, yeah. help keep the package going. Yeah. Uh, and then another one, Joe Abbey, I, shameless plug for uh, Cosmos Spaces and Terra Spaces. He just was on an episode of Cosmic Community with the boys there. And that dude is like, he's got like a whole family and he's running like 20 <laughs> validators and stuff. Like that guy's a madman. I love hearing those stories. I mean, I've got another, um, it's a bit off topic. Well, it's on validation, but, you know, the Hetzner warning did state that we will be, we'll be banning, um, we'll be banning uh, use of uh, mining and proof of stake, but does that like 
the question I have, what if you're just running storage nodes or if you're just using the, the server just to like perform backups and stuff? Does that fall in the same category? That was my That's question. I wanted like- to ask. That makes you think, right? Because, like, how much are they examining all of your traffic then? Like, how do they know what's a block and what's, a, you know, something else? Like, they, they've got to be looking at that stuff to know. Yeah, but what I've heard so far, that uh, Solana was exposing certain data on a certain port. So it's, I've not looked into it fully. Um, but, yeah, we're, we are aware of the situation. But my question straight away was, like, well, if you're not technically running proof-of-stake blockchain, you're not occurring any value or anything if it's literally just for storage then you know it doesn't make sense and the, 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 surely they would have known what people were using their servers for they know of blockchain companies who are in Hetzner using it so it's it's strange how all of a sudden this, the, the 180 on blockchain um, it'll be interesting to find out well I'll like, well, be on a cost soon like who are your business partners that are making you shoot yourself in the foot with this much customer base you know like that just seems like a big subset of the population to just remove from your potential business you know it's like car companies like we're not going to rent we're not going to sell our cars to uber or, or taxi services you know it's like a weird like why do they care you know yeah, yeah, and it, and it, the other thing as well, like they've, they've obviously made moves on Solana, but there's been no moves on any Ethereum nodes yet, which is another thing that I flagged straight away. Who knows? But you know that it would be better tread with caution, better just do the right thing and just shift off of them completely. Then that's the case. I'm sure this conversation could go on a lot longer, and I'm just concerned <laughs> that Magnus. Maybe I'll have stuff to be getting on with. Is it, do you want any closing words, Skip, guys? Oh, sure. Uh, well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having us on. Um, you know, what really matters to us in this space, and I think what, what is going to matter in the long term of Cosmos is that we are held accountable uh, by everyone, right? So that includes validators. That also includes users. That includes chain founders. Um, MEV is a, is a dangerous force. And, uh, you know, it, 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 can, it can devolve into something that I think is quite ugly. And so we're here to try to not allow that to happen, but we're going to need the support of everyone sort of be transparent enough so that we can have that accountability. Um, so always invite everyone to give us feedback, drop us a line, concerns, anything else, anything else you'd like to see us build. We can work very fast on those things. Um, but thank you all for having us. And uh, yeah, let us know if you have any questions. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for sharing and telling us about what is going on at Skip. Nice to meet you, Jeremy. I appreciated you jumping on the call as well. Um, yeah, and I think a slightly shorter Twitter spaces is good for people listening on playback if they want to just get the, the, um, the important info. So yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for your time. Thanks for Terra Spaces recording this space. Um, Highlander, any final words? Yeah, it was... Um... We'll, we'll, we're off to Lisbon next week, so if there's anybody on the call, pop up, say hello, come and meet Highlander and such like that, and we'll, uh, we'll get a nice wee whiskey in Lisbon. And yeah, I just wanted to mention again that Terra Spaces is doing all this, and if you want to throw them some love, then definitely do it. Thanks again, everybody, and cheers, Skip, guys. We'll, uh, we'll... Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the TFM Juno Builders Space with Chain Tools, Rebel DeFi, Highlander, special guest Skip Protocol.
recorded on Friday, November 4th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday, and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, huge sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But, for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 Another day, another lesson, living in the eighth dimension, might be worth a little mention, living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel, reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal, just to make a motherfucker wish, Ah shit, now you only got two left, you know what I wish, we didn't have any loose ends, you know what I miss, listening to excuses, now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose, that's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music